Welcome. It's time to get excited about saving tax dollars on your commercial investment property. Meet Mike Mortlock, a professional quantity surveyor and a director at MCG Quantity Surveyors. He's going to show you how a well-prepared tax depreciation schedule on your property will help you maximize your tax returns. Tony interviews Mike and you'll want to get all the details on why there are some great depreciation benefits to commercial investment properties, be that the established older properties or a new one. There's so much to consider and it can play an important part of your due diligence and your decision making when investing. And Mike unpacks the most important considerations in this episode. Listen in. Hey there gurus, this is Tony Buffer, your host of the Commercial Property Insiders Podcast. This is the podcast that takes you to the inner sanctum of commercial property millionaires, investors, and industry experts. This is where Australia's top insiders reveal their secrets about making positive cash flow, passive income through commercial property. This is a non-BS, unscripted, unrehearsed podcast designed to give you ideas and inspiration to become the next commercial property millionaire guru just like many of my guests. And be sure to stay tuned right to the end, gurus, where I ask each expert insider to give you, the listener, a secret 30-second tip. This is something I love to ask all of my guests as a special bonus for you. Three, two, one. Commercial properties are go. Welcome to the Commercial Property Insiders Podcast, and today I'm very, very fortunate to have as my special guest, Mr. Mike Mortlock of MCG Quantity Surveyors. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Tony. I'm very well, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. I'm excited to chat with you today. Well, I'm, I'm excited, but also very nervous because you are not only a, an experienced quantity surveyor, which I know very little about, but also a very experienced podcast interviewer. <laughs> and so I feel like it's like the, you know, the amateur versus the expert sort of thing. So please don't criticize me too much if I don't uh, ask the right questions. Is that okay? I mean, I think that just proves that you've probably never listened to the podcast because it is rough. It is pretty rough. <laughs> There's nothing to be nervous about it. I mean, I, I admittedly say on the podcast when I interview people that have other ones, you know, go and listen to theirs because it's far better than mine. Right. Uh, I'm just a bloke having a chat. So it, it's all fun. That's how I see it. I think it's all about all about learning and sharing. Um, so that that's a good thing. So. So, Mike, I guess before we start, uh, there's a lot of questions I want to ask you, and we, we try to keep this within about 20 minutes or so, so people don't go wandering off doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess what I'd like to learn more is um, about your role, uh, a quantity, a specialist quantity surveyor. Uh, your company is MCG Quantity Surveyors. Uh, you've helped so many people, obviously, over the years, but can you, first of all, explain a little bit about what you actually do. What does a quantity surveyor actually do and how do they help people with either residential or commercial property? Yeah, um, a good question. And it, it's it's something that we come up against a lot. It's much easier to to explain. I'm a carpenter or a plumber, right? I sort yeah. of, I'm very envious sometimes. But um, to, to, to simplify it, it's really construction cost estimating that's our skill that's the degree that we do so we're quantity surveyors are the best 
industry professionals to say how much something costs to build. And you can think of all the reasons why you would want to know how much something costs to build. You might want to do a development project, so you want to know from a feasibility point of view whether it stacks up. You might have an architect designing a property and you think, well, that looks fantastic, but is it going to fit within our budget? Um, we do council submission, um, development uh, cost reports. We work with banks that are, are providing uh, finance for development and, and we're assessing the work sort of fixed aside over the length of the program. Um, and then from the tax side of things, which is a, quite a specialist thing, you need the construction cost estimating to say, well, this is how much the construction component of the property that you built is worth. Um, and the tax depreciation is kind of a merging of the estimating and some accounting work as well. So we have to be registered tax uh, agents, mm. even though we never do tax returns or BAS statements or anything, because we need to understand a very specific part of, of tax legislation. Um, and, you know, that's the Income Tax Assessment Act and the specific depreciation rules um, that fall underneath it. Beautiful. Wow. Okay, that's that's quite a lot, <laughs> quite yeah. a lot of stuff there. But I'm sorry, um, we're so, out of time, Tony. Anyways, a good chat. Yeah, so rushed, rushed through it. Um, so just to understand, it sounds to me like your work is more about new properties. But what about established properties? How do you get involved with people? A lot of commercial property investors buy established properties. How can you help them? Yeah, and that, that that's a good that's a good um, a good question. So up until recently, uh, the the percentage of properties that we did as established on the residential side of things was around about forty percent. It snuck up to forty point nine. Uh, sorry, sorry, forty nine point five percent of all the residential work we um, we do is actually being um, brand new property. Oh. So we're, we're, we're about half and half. That's, that's quite a lot. But that if you think lot. about, let's focus on the commercial side of things. So mm. when you buy an existing commercial property, um, let's say it's 10 years old, you're still going to be able to claim depreciation on everything in that property. It's just going to have have reduced in value somewhat so okay. if it's um if it's 10 years old then it will have lost 10 years of depreciation on the building structure and the plant and equipment items and one of the big differences now between residential and commercial property is that on the 9th of may 2017 there was a legislation change that said you couldn't claim plant and equipment items in a residential property unless you either put the item in like a reno or you're buying a brand new property. So we're talking about things like carpets, blinds, kitchen appliances. Now that rule has kind of changed the residential game, but that doesn't apply to commercial property. So mm. really the, there's a few different cutoff dates for whether you can claim the original building structure and the main one being 1982. So if it's built after 1982, there's going to be some structural deductions and then there's the plant and equipment. So depending on the commercial property depends what plant and equipment, but you know, if you're buying an office, it's going to have air conditioning and security and car carpet and that sort of thing. So there's there's plenty of reasons why you would get depreciation deductions on a property that's not brand new, okay. even a property that might be 100 years old. If it's been renovated or fit out recently, you've got the deductions on that component as well. Right. Gotcha. It's kind of interesting because, uh, I, I look, I've never used a conduit surveyor, I can say, um, and I've invested in, uh, you know, plenty of residential properties. So why should we use you instead of our trusty local tax accountant who should <laughs> know a lot of this stuff anyway? 
Yeah, um, the the accountant should know the legislation fairly well, but it's really only one piece of legislation that we need to know about. So we know it inside out. So um, even though I'm not an accountant, I still present at the Accounting Business Expo on this little piece of legislation because that's all we've got to worry about, right? Um, The reason why you should use a quantity surveyor rather than an accountant is the accountant is not actually qualified to estimate any construction costs. So if you buy a property that's one year old, the contract isn't normally going to say, all right, you've bought this property for $2 million, you've got a million dollars worth of land, you've got a million and a half worth of construction improvements, and then you've got whatever, market premiums, that sort of thing. So wherever there's any cost ambiguity, the the accountant is not qualified to do it. Now, you do hear about accountants doing depreciation schedules. Um, It's normally a a bad idea because if they are doing it, they're not really qualified to do it. And often Mm -hmm. they will just throw a very conservative figure at it so that if the tax office looks at it, they go, oh, okay, well, we're not going to dispute that because if they got a proper schedule, they'd actually be claiming a lot more. So... I can't see the reason why you wouldn't reach out to a, a quantity surveyor. It's, it's our mm. job to maximise it for the clients rather than be terrified of the ATO. Right. Gotcha. Brilliant. I love that. All right. That, that explains your role very well and you, you justified the role very well. So let's say I, uh, I buy a commercial property. Um, I'm, I'm talking commercial because obviously that, that's what we like to, to talk about mainly. But yep. uh, I buy a commercial property. At what point? Should we approach you and say, okay, Mike, uh, I'm about to do my uh, tax return. I made a $100,000 profit by the looks of it. Uh, how can I use my depreciation schedule to, uh, to reduce that or something? Yeah, uh, we, we always say the best time to do it is, is as soon as you purchase the property, um, oh. especially, especially with commercial properties because you, you might do some, some renovations or improvements and, and throw away some items that you have a claim for. So it's yep. better to do a snapshot at the beginning because if you do some things later on, then you'll you'll likely have the exact installation date and the cost and the description of the asset. And where we've got exact invoice costs, we don't need to physically go and inspect it. But when you buy something, you've you've bought an asset that there's really no cost information available for. So right. the best time to do it is is straight away. Right. And essentially for anyone that's not really familiar with tax depreciation, I mean, it's it's just like a tax deduction. So if you're a tradie that's out in the sun, you can claim your hat and your sun cream. It's a similar sort of thing. You need to declare the income on that commercial property and tax depreciation is a way of reducing that. Um, mm. So just like a residential property investor, if they're on 100K and we get them $11,000 worth of deductions, in the eyes of the tax office, they're now earning $89,000. And right. roughly speaking, the difference in tax on 100K compared to 89 is about $4,000 a year. Yep. So if they're paying six or $700 to get $4,000 back in their pocket, it's a pretty easy thing um, to get across the line with them. Absolutely, absolutely right. So, um, interestingly, from um, you know commercial property point of view, I'm sure you, like you've worked with thousands of different uh, investors. Are there? I'm trying to think of one that might have stood out for you, where you might have uh, found something that was a, a deduction that he would never have known about, or something that was a huge savings for them that wasn't wasn't very clear to the investor. 
Yeah, we did um, we did a, a property uh, on the outskirts of Melbourne, which was a, a warehouse with um, with an office, such as right. you know is fairly typical. I, I think from memory, it was a couple of thousand square meters with a few hundred of, of office space, and and as typical with a lot of these um, these bigger acquisitions, the, the business may have a CFO or something like that, and often they're really just throwing a two and a half percent depreciation. Mm-hmm rate on the overall building structure. Um, Now, whereas we went into that property and we found all of the plant and equipment items that depreciated a lot faster rate than 2.5%, right? So that's the real value of, let's say, you build a commercial property, then you might say, Mike, why why do I need to pay you to tell me how much it costs to build? Well, you already know, right? But you won't necessarily know what value the the carpets and the security systems and all of those sorts of things have. And the builders don't really break it up into those components. So, this particular property, you know, we found the security system, the ducted aircon. Um, from memory, there were dock levelers, there were high bay lights, there were automatic garage doors, you know, fire hose reels, extinguishers, security monitoring, door control um, assets, you know, door, um, motor drive systems for the automatic um, doors and things. All these sorts of things that make me very boring to speak to at barbecues um, were, were, were things that we could tease apart. And, and, and the real world difference with that um, is, is it was in the tens of thousands of extra deductions in the, in the first few years on, on that schedule. So things like that, um, they tend not to stick in the mind too, too often because the, it, it happens so frequently. Right, right. Yeah, no, but when you're talking tens of thousands, well, yeah, nobody's going to sneeze at that. So that's great. That's really, mm. really good. All right. Now, I had a look at your website, Mike. I have to confess. I looked at uh, mcgqs.com.au. So um, what is it? MCG. Now, I know the QS is for quantity surveyors. What's the MCG stand for? Oh, I wish I had a better story for that, Tony. So <laughs> okay. our, our, our business is is technically the letter M, M Consulting Group uh, Proprietary Limited. Ah, so MCG is 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 M Consulting Group. I thought it was you were based, you know, that 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 famed football ground, the MCG. Nothing to do with that, obviously. Uh, uh, no, uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> we we do get confused. It, it makes it very difficult in the SEO game to rank for MCG. <laughs> and we had we had someone ring up and say, "I've left my hat there once," and uh, we we had to well, explain to the person that uh, no, you 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 definitely haven't left it here. Beautiful. <laughs> I like that. I like it. All right. So it says your slogan says on your website, tax depreciation done differently, maximize your returns with MCG, which sounds wonderful. But can you expand on this and how you, you've already given us some examples, but how generally you have helped so many clients um, through that sort of service? Yeah, I think when it comes to, to tax depreciation done differently, then that, that's a big driving thing for us. I mean, my business partner and I worked for another QS firm back in the day and we decided arrogantly that we were going to do it better, right? Yeah, um, sure. And, and, should, and you know, the, the starting point is is all the things that you, you wish you could have enacted as a change in the other business, you get to do yourself, right? And if it fails, you've only got yourself to blame. Um, but... We really wanted to to provide as much value as we could to the community, um, and we're absolutely obsessed. I mean, 
I feel sorry for the people that are tuning into this because I'm sure you have lots of entertaining guests and, and I'm going to prattle on with tax legislation <laughs> and, you know, it's boring stuff, but I do actually no. really love it. So, yeah. I mean, we put a lot of effort into providing information to the space. So we were the first um, quantity surveyor to publish real average deductions for residential property. We've shared things like the percentage of people that live in their property prior to renting it out, the average amounts of renovations done by um, investors, you know, the real data on missed deductions that are out there as well. So it's a very big data focus that we have telling the story about the investors and, and also cautionary tales on how they can make sure that they're not sort of one of those majority of people that are stuck investing in one property and they can't progress their portfolio journey because they've purchased the wrong thing. Right. Wow. That is great. That is really good. It sounds like you offer, you know, more than the, the normal quantity surveyor for sure. So that's really great. Now, Mike, uh, we will, there's other questions I want to ask you. I want to delve more deeply into some of the, um, the people you've worked with and some of the things that you've learned and some of the lessons you can pass on to people. But first, before we do that, we'll just take a 30-second break from our sponsors and we'll be right back after the break. Leverage high yields and cash flow through commercial property investing with Helen Tarrant. If you're new to commercial property investing, are a cash-strapped residential investor, or you're building your property investment portfolio and you're looking for an edge in today's markets, you'll want to learn from Australia's original and leading specialist in commercial property investing, Helen Tarrant. Go to commercialpropertyschool.com forward slash insiders and get started with your education and commercial investing journey today. commercialpropertyschool.com forward slash insiders. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I am here with um, the one and only Mike Mortlock, famous quantity surveyor of MCG Quantity Surveyors. Now, you're, by the way, you're all over the country. I know you're based in Sydney, but you're everywhere. Yeah, we, we try and get everywhere. Um, if you've got a place in Broome, that's going to be potentially Broome. an issue. <laughs> but, uh, wow. no, we get to most places. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, so, we're, no, honestly, you're in every state, right? Is that right? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's Tasmania we're not in and Northern Territory we're not, but we still, we still service those locations depending yeah. on, on the work. Certainly with the bigger commercial stuff, um, it's, it's easy for us to do. Beautiful. And how long has your company been going? Uh, we registered the business in 2011 and yep. um, we both sort of had little little um, other consulting gigs while we were sort of building the business behind the scenes and working weekends. So, uh, you know, eight yeah. years full on and 10 years in the eyes of ASIC. <laughs> gotcha. And I see, you, you know, you've dealt with some pretty big companies, McDonald's, Canberra Airport, Hilton Hotels, Stockland, et cetera. So you've, you've come across so many big companies uh, customers and uh, as a, a newbie investor or a newbie uh, buyer that wants to get into the game, especially with commercial property, can you give us some examples of uh, some of those really successful uh, investors and what they do? What are some of their recipes to their success and what sets them apart from someone like me who's still learning the game and what sort of tips can we learn from them? I think um, I think the the big players or the people that have been uh, successful place a, a huge amount of value in their team. Um, they don't want to be the cleverest uh, person in their property investing team. 
um, and they understand and value the expertise of, of others. So, um, I mean, they're, they're great people to work with because they'll, they'll quiz you hard and make sure you know what you're doing. Um, but when the, then when that, you prove that to them, then they just let you run away and do what you do best. So I, I would certainly encourage people that are investing in commercial property to have a great team and that's going to be, you know, brokers such as yourself. It's going to be buyers, agents. It's going to be accountants that understand um, the numbers and the, and the vision that you're going on. And then there's a protection piece as well with your, you know, insurance brokers um, and, and financial planners and that sort of stuff. So so that I think is is key. And, and then it's the due diligence that they do. I mean, they're, they're really just grinding this down to all of its little um, nuances before they're wanting to to, um, to to make to decide whether it stacks. So the due diligence is absolutely crucial. And and I've interviewed a, a gentleman on on my podcast who's a, a commercial property investor as part of a, a syndicate. Um, and some of the things that he he does are, are, are astounding. Like he will actually talk to the tenants if there's a multiple tenancy um, arrangement and just sort of say, you know, how are you going with maintenance? Are they looking after that? You know, what are your plans for the future? Are you, yeah. How long have you been here? All, all these sorts of things that they make a big difference. And, you know, these can be these can be big decisions. It might be the biggest financial decision that you make. So don't spend less time on it than you would researching your latest um, television, because yeah. we often do. Yeah, no, absolutely. That seems to be the common theme. Everybody I've talked to said you've got to have a really good team behind you. You just can't do it alone, right? Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, of course you can, but you're exposing yourself to huge risks, right? Yeah. So the ones that have done it well... That they don't they don't balk at the cost of the consultants because they see the value and yes it's disappointing to walk away from a deal having spent money but you really need to think of that in terms of what that may have saved you and often it's hundreds of thousands of dollars for what might be a thousand dollar invoice or something exactly yep no makes sense to me absolutely so um i was curious because is there any value in talking to you before it sounds like there is before they actually purchase and say what do you think of this mike yeah, there, there, there definitely can be. I mean, even um, even residential property investors will do that from time to time. Now, we, we never say you should buy this property because of these deductions. But if no. you are tossing up between one and the other, I can certainly say, well, this is better for deductions because of these reasons. It's newer yeah. or it's older and it's had more money spent on renovations. So certainly um, when you're crunching the numbers on a commercial deal, um, often these online uh, or, or the Excel calculators will have a little section for depreciation so you can work out how much it's going to cost you or, or net back in your pocket after tax. So certainly I'd encourage people to, to lean on us for, for an overview of what we think the, the ballpark deductions would be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, if they're cool, it's always they're cool, like you say, but do you give them those, those comparisons? Speaking mm. of comparisons, you touched on it earlier, but really now you're saying with these changes in the legislation in the last couple of years, um, you know, what's going to be the major difference between commercial and residential properties in terms of uh, tax depreciation? Yeah, look, so um, with the, the changes on the 9th of May 2017, it means that you don't have to buy a brand new residential property to get, you know, the plant and equipment. With, with commercial, you can buy an established one and you can still get those plant and equipment items. So right. th these are like the loose assets. I mentioned before, carpets, blinds, you know, kitchen appliances. And in commercial, 
there's I've calculated this is a weird thing to do, but this is how I spend my Friday nights, right? There's <laughs> there's 46 times more commercial plant and equipment items than there are residential in the tax legislation. So the ATO comes out times. 46 times, yeah. So the ATO comes out with um, effective lives and lists of all the plant and equipment items for all yep. industries, including residential, once a year. Um, there's 261 pages of that and only five and a half are residential. So there's a, the sheer breadth of commercial plant and equipment items that are on offer is, is massive. Yep. And that's important, right? Because yeah. normally with the structure where the resi or commercial, and there are some nuances to this, but it's two and a half percent, right? Whereas carpet might be, say, 25% in residential property, and it's actually a little bit higher depending on the commercial um, property in, in pubs and things like that. So those are the juicy things. We want to get those higher rates of depreciation so we can front load those, those deductions as, as early as possible. Very interesting, and that makes sense to me, absolutely. Um, so the opportunity there for tax deduction is obviously much greater than commercial. However, let me ask you this very basic question. If I bought <laughs> a million-dollar commercial property yeah. and a million-dollar residential property of the same sort of age, and I know you're going to say what sort of commercial, I don't know, let's say warehouse, how much more do you think uh, you can claim a deduction for the commercial over and above the residential? I told you, you put me, a dumb you put me way on the spot. Um, <laughs> Just broadly. No, I mean, I'm about, um, you know, roughly. Um, if you, said, you said 2.5% for resi, right? Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm 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 up to the challenge. If if it's the if it's the same sort of um, construction value, a, a residential is probably going to do better than a warehouse because if you think about a warehouse, then most of that is open span. Um, so if it's a tilt up, you know, precast concrete slab, you're going to have a huge expanse of this property that only has construction value, and that might only be eleven hundred a square meter to build compared to a house which might be. 1600 and then you've got you know the only plant and equipment would be say high bay lights in the warehouse maybe a bit of fire whereas the um the residential property um would, would probably be a bit better there'd be a bit more going on now that probably doesn't fit with yeah. the podcast because we're talking about commercial we want good no, news that's right <laughs> exactly but, no, but it sort of contradicts what you were saying before you're saying really commercial can offer so many more Yes, but that's when it's yeah. established, right? That's but see, yeah, this is where um, if it's um, if it's a, a second-hand property, you're only getting the structure. Whereas in this warehouse, yes, you've got the big open span, and the only plan is the lights and the fire. But often there's an office space as well, so you might have split systems. You've got carpet, you've got extinguishers, you've got hose reels. Um, yeah. You might have a sec uh, security system, some signage, um, pumps. Yeah. I could go on, um, but um, if you're, say, purchasing an office rather than a warehouse, then often the cost per square metre to construct is higher than a residential property and there's probably going to be more plant and equipment items in that office. Gotcha. Um, so that's where commercial would probably outpunch it when it's sort of new versus new. Um, but again, you, if you're only able to get the structural deductions on an established house, the commercial um, will at least have some plant and equipment, so it will beat it if it's an established one with the exact same construction costs. Yeah. 
Gotcha. All right. So I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but um, I thought I'd you know, test you out. You, you answered it very well. So um, we're about to head off because we are up to our time limit. But uh, I always like to leave our guests with a, uh, some advice you can pass on to our listeners. So do you have a 30-second secret tip for our listeners that might be useful for them and something they may not have heard before? I think uh, when we're probably circling back a little bit here, but I think the due diligence is the key thing and going to that level of finding out the motivation and the position of of your tenants is absolutely crucial um, because they may give you a whole history of what's happened to the property from maintenance and all sorts of things. And and they may even tell you things like, oh, I think the owner's selling it because obviously this thing is broken, blah, blah, blah. You know, people are quite willing to, to trash the place if they feel like the maintenance hasn't been there or the landlord's been hard to deal with. So yeah. I think that's a that's a nice little secret uh, tip that can pay big dividends. So that due diligence is, is critical, obviously, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and do, do the big sellers, do they do it themselves or do they? Because I've heard there's people that go in themselves. In fact, I interviewed someone that actually goes in and speaks to the tenant on behalf of the purchaser. Mm, um, yeah. do, do you see both or...? Yeah, I see both. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we work um, with with some of the big um, fund and, and asset managers, and and they, of course, have whole floors of buildings dedicated to those those boffins. Um, but yeah, certainly the the expertise is is out there to to assess yeah. these deals. Brilliant, brilliant, Mike. Great information, great tips, and great advice. Love all of that. So thank you so much for for sharing that with us, and thank you so much for joining joining me on this podcast. Um, just to let people know, we touched uh, on your website, but um, what's the best way that people can get hold of you for some wonderful quantities of our work? Yeah, sure. So they can go to the website. That's probably the easiest one. It's mcgqs.com.au or they can search me. I'm on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, but you don't want to see what I've had for dinner. <laughs> TikTok, you know, watch this space. TikTok. <laughs> no, not yet, mate. <laughs> I was going to say, what can you do on TikTok? Anyway, that's wonderful. And there's no chance if someone uh, calls you, there's no chance you can get them a seat to the cricket at the MCG or anything like that, right? No, no. And if you've <laughs> left your umbrella, then um, yeah, I'm not your guy. <laughs> no worries at all, Mike. Again, thanks so much for that. That's really good, uh, good advice. Wonderful tips. And uh, for everyone there, just remember to. Um, to contact Mike uh, at his uh, website, mcgqs.com.au. So thank you again for your time, Mike. Really appreciate it. And um, to everybody out there, thank you for listening and uh, stay tuned for the next exciting episode of Commercial Property Insiders Podcast. Thanks, Mike. Cheers, Tony. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, gurus, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay ahead on all the latest news on commercial property. And if you are serious about investing in commercial property and really want to be a success, I strongly encourage you to learn from the best and head over to commercialpropertyschool.com forward slash insiders and get specialist education on commercial property investing. That's right, folks, commercialpropertyschool.com forward slash insiders and go for the best course in Australia on commercial property. Until next time, gurus, Tony Boffer signing off for the Commercial Property Insiders Podcast.
all of the opinions offered are done in good faith. In the event of any person sharing their story or information, this does not constitute financial advice. The opinions contained may be short-term in nature and are subject to change. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments involve substantial monetary risk, including the risk of losing one's entire investment. None of the information contained here constitutes or is intended to constitute a recommendation that any particular security, investment or strategy is suitable for any specific person. None of the information contained here is nor is intended to be personalised investment advice. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own personal investment advisor based on your specific circumstances. Real estate investing is a dynamic vehicle. Cash flow and equity positions can change on a daily basis. People on this podcast may be affiliated with certain products and services.